I am God, your God. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. So in other words, he owns everything. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth? Seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you. When you saw a thief, you consented with him, and you have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you, and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there will be none to deliver whoever offers praise glorifies me and to him who orders his conduct aright I will show the salvation of God father we thank you that you are gracious to us Lord God and thank you that we can come in this morning and give you praise and glory and honor Lord God We just thank you so much for who you are. We just uh, give you all the glory and the honor this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we do stand in awe of you. You are great. You are worthy. You are greatly to be praised. Father, thank you that you've allowed us to come into your presence today. Your word says that where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. Father, we're so honored by your presence here today. We're so honored by your love and your your plan and purposes for our lives. Father, this morning, our heart is to give you glory, to worship you in every way, through song, through word, through deed. Thank you, Father, for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Reverend Vern Norton. Vern, uh, Vern uh, came up to me before service and said that, uh, that he had a word for the church, and he told me a little bit of what it was, and I just smiled, because yeah. apparently the Holy Spirit was looking at my notes this morning. <laughs> it's interesting how God speaks, but it's usually not, it's an impression inside. And in prayer, when I heard obedience is better than sacrifice, it's about assignments. And the obedience that we've been given into this church, it's about an assignment. And this assignment is to us as a congregation, an obedience to carry it out and to move when he says to move. It's not about religion. It's about what he said about assignments. The assignment is for the congregation, 
not only to grow here, but it's in home, in work. There's an assignment for this congregation to grow and to expand. But the key on the assignment is to move and to keep moving and to keep taking and to keep believing that he has ordered our steps. Did you hear what the scripture says? He's ordered our steps. And our steps need to be obedient one to another. This congregation is called to support one another in this assignment. Not to look for faults, but to keep taking ground for the kingdom. The assignment is we're to go ahead, we're to keep going, we're to keep pressing, we're to keep taking, we're to keep winning souls, we're to keep expanding the kingdom of heaven. This is about what God has called us to do. And I know one thing that about assignments, when they come from God, they're good. That's it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, do you like the setup this morning? Yeah, yeah it was a mixed, re- mixed, uh, mixed uh, reaction. This morning I was thinking that uh, when we're sitting like this, I'm sure people walk in and go, well, if I had known we'd been looking at each other during the whole service, I'd have worn a different shirt. I mean, you know, was... <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's different, isn't it? It's, uh, it's different. It sounds different. It's uh, a little hot. Is there any way to bring that down? I can. And uh, the, uh, it looks, you know, one of the things that everybody says, they, they walk in and they see the, they say, I didn't know this, this room was that big. You know, it's like, yeah, no kidding. So everything's changing. We they talked a couple of weeks ago about how everything's different. Everything's changing. This has changed. Uh, this is... Uh, how many have been here since the building was built? Let me raise your hands. Stand up real quick. Have you been here since the building was built? That had been uh, to, uh, 1996. 19, I'd give them a big round. You, you guys all you guys all remember the last time this was this empty you know just very different but it's it's change and people you know we talked a few weeks ago about change and change is hard but uh, we know we're heading in a direction and that what Vern shared this morning was so good because we know we have a plan that God has a plan for the this church for us for us as individuals as families uh, and as a congregation as a whole and even beyond this congregation. We have uh, three other churches in the valley that are ministering in three different towns, one in Grandy, Minnesota, one in St. Croix Falls, and one now in Prescott. And so as we grow, there's more complexity, more things going on. Um, Monday morning, I woke up. Um, I woke up from a dream and I heard these words. I, I heard in the spirit, I heard these words. Everything is moving. Everything is moving. Now, I heard those words. I didn't know what that meant. About an hour later, I started to understand what that meant. Everything is moving. And uh, I want to read a scripture. Go with me to uh, Numbers chapter 2. This, if you've been reading through the two-year Bible reading, which is one of the six pillars of RVCC, 
What's number one? You didn't think you thought I forgot. I wasn't going to bring this up this week. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, the most important thing, we get born again, absolutely. But once we get through the door, there's a whole world, a whole universe opened up to us. And so, uh, number one, the most important thing is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you, and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit at any time. You could be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. You could be filled with the Holy Spirit during worship. You could be filled with the Holy Spirit on the drive home. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means, Father, fill me. Help me to, to be the salt and light. It's your spirit gives me the ability to preach the gospel, to, to share my faith, to be a witness. So uh, fill me even right now. And they, the disciples were filled and filled and filled and filled as they went through their ministry. We talked about that last week. Number two is read the Bible a lot. Yeah, read the Bible a lot. Be in the Word. And if that means, you know, uh, our encouragement is that we read through the Bible every two years. And we've done it now. How many cycles? I, I asked you. And it's probably seven times now. I think we've probably, over the last 14 years, we've read through the Bible together over and over and over again. It's important for every person to read the Bible. Don't take what I say for absolute truth. I mean, you can trust me, you know, because people who do read the Bible all the time are going, wait a second, that's not what it means. I mean, I don't usually throw things out there that aren't true, but in, in case I ever do, you know, there's, there's history, there's history of, of uh, churches going weird and pastors going weird and, and starting to preach things that aren't Bible and so on and so forth. And the first Sunday, you know, I, you've noticed I have glasses. I'm, I've started wearing glasses all the time now. Uh, every once in a while, I know, I, I, I remember hearing my, my parents come downstairs or, you know, walk into the room and go, oh, that's right, I wear glasses. And they have to go back and get, I say that now. I've tried twice now. I've went, I, that's right, I wear glasses. I have to go back and find them wherever they're at. But I started wearing, I, and when I bought them, they, they had those light transformation lenses, and which was fine until we got in front of the TV lights and they went, started going dark. So I won't ever buy these again, but I thought, the first thought I had was Jim Jones. You know, have you ever seen the, the old, the old, you know, here's the guy preaching in, in dark glass. You got to be worried about guys, you know, pastors who wear sunglasses while they're preaching. It's just a little nerve wracking. But the one way to, to safeguard against that is be in the word yourself. Read the Bible. Know what it says. Understand. So when somebody does say something wrong, you go, mm, yeah, no, that's not right. That's not true. Okay. So be filled with the spirit. Uh, read the Bible a lot. Pray a lot. Pray a lot. Yeah, pray without ceasing. Now, how do you pray without ceasing? Be filled with the Spirit. You can pray without ceasing. But pray a lot. Uh, just this morning, I, if you notice, the people that were sitting over there might have seen it. You know, it's, it's interesting. Sitting back here was so weird. I haven't sat that far back in a congregation in years. Uh, probably, to, you know, but when I'm up front, I have my back there. Nobody can see what I'm doing in front of me uh, except the worship team. But this morning, I'm, I'm, I had to pull my phone out because somebody had asked us to pray for them this morning. And I went, oh, that's right. So I quick texted him in the middle of worship. I'm sorry, but it was spiritual reasons, truly spiritual reasons. I texted him real quick, hey, I'm praying for you this morning. I, they had something going on right now. Right now, look, Father, we just lift up. Now, I won't tell you who it is, doesn't matter, but Father, I lift them up at 10 o'clock this morning. They're dealing, they're dealing with something in their life. And so uh, I just texted him real quick, well, that's a prayer, right? Father, lift them up, bless them, give them wisdom, help them to, to say the right things, do the right things, take care of the right things. And so, Lord, we just bless them right now in the name of Jesus. That's prayer. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take a lot of energy. It just remember, oh, that's right. So-and-so is going through something. So-and-so has asked for help, whatever. So pray a lot. Number four, 
Share your faith. Everybody's an evangelist. Everybody is a missionary. Everybody, no matter where we go, who we deal with, we're always to, to live that opportunity, looking for opportunities. And so I'm going to stop there. We'll come back to the rest of them in just a moment. But out of those middle three, we've set three goals for this year, for each and every one of us here. Every man, every woman, every child. Uh, for those of you who have children that are in the children's church, Pastor Karen is doing this with the kids too, putting these same goals out there, reading through the Bible, you know, and, and for them, it's a verse a day. I think is it right for anybody who's got the kids? It's a verse a day. Well, maybe a, a first grader, you know, a ver one verse is a lot, you know. Pray every day, being, being mindful of prayer and outreach. Um, uh, being a missionary, everywhere that you go, everywhere that you go, every person that you meet, everything that you do, pray for opportunities. Uh, just uh, the other day, I was doing something, and all of a sudden, I went, "Ooh, opportunity!" Here, and it wasn't the, the witness wasn't here's the four spiritual laws. Here, you know, you know, you're a sinner, and you know, no, it was just talking about the goodness of God with somebody. You know, they weren't expecting it. We were sitting having coffee and they were going through some problems. I went, man, I said, we were dealing with this too. And, and I said, you know, one thing I know is that the Bible is true and God said this, that person's not a believer yet, but they will be. Just keep sowing seed, sowing seed. You know, being that, that fisherman, and I, I fish with a guy who likes to rip the lips off a of fish. You know, they, he gets a little bit of a butt bite, and they're like, wham! And he's, he wonders why he doesn't catch very many fish. It's just like he's just, no, you just you got to give him, let him eat the bait, you know, eat, eat the bait for a little bit. Then you set the hook, amen? All right, so those are the three. Uh, I'm putting all kinds of visuals in your mind this morning. I apologize for that. I'm sorry. But... Uh, be filled with spirit, but the three goals is read the Bible, pray a lot, and be a witness. Witness to somebody, witness to somebody uh, within the next three months. You know, uh, you can, it, it, for some of you, it may have already happened. Praise God, that's cool. But for some people, man, I, you know, there's a lot of people who have never shared their faith. Believers who've been, been a Christian for years, it's important to share your faith. Share what God has done for you. That's being a witness. If you read through what Jesus did, he never really went through the four spiritual laws. He did, but it was always mixed in with what they're dealing with. He would talk with them, have conversation. All right, number five-ish. What is it, five? Expect the supernatural. Yeah, I changed it last week. So after last week when I changed the order and I changed some, everybody's like, they should do it again. Change everything next week and see what happens. No, no, no. We're going to stay with these. But it's expect the supernatural because everybody wants to see the miraculous. They want to see the dead raised. They want to see a blind eyes open. Those are awesome. You will see that. But the supernatural can take effect in, in any moment. The supernatural is when the Holy Spirit says, share this about God. It's when you share your faith. That's supernatural. Uh, somebody I heard just recently was uh, going through the life. All of a sudden they saw somebody in need and they just, they, they went, they said, Hey, then they bought them, you know, they bought them what they needed. And they just said, Hey, I just wanted to, I just wanted to bless you. That's supernatural because people are pretty much normally selfish and they don't like to give. So, I mean, doing something led by the spirit is supernatural. We should be expecting that every day. Sometimes it will be miraculous. It will be the blind eyes open, the deaf hearing, and so on and so forth. But it doesn't have to be just that. And then the last one is embrace persecution. Pardon? 
Hupomino suffering, exactly. Hupomino means goes through it. Yeah, that's the Greek word for, for despising it and just running right towards it. Uh, if you read the, doing your reading this morning, it was talking about Jesus walking to, to Jerusalem. It's one of the references to this. And it says that he was walking to Jerusalem. He was telling his disciples, when I get there, they're going to kill me. They're going to torture me. You know, they're going to torture me. They're going to kill me, so on and so forth. But it says that he was walking ahead of the crowd and everybody else was walking behind them afraid. That's how determined Jesus was. He didn't care what was in Jerusalem. He cared what was on the other side, which is us. He, he saw what was ahead of him, and he just went for it. So, those are the six pillars. So, that was warm up. Numbers chapter 2. I, can't, I, I, I was going to read all of this. 31 verses, it's just, it's numbers, man. It's numbers. It's, it's, it's there. We're supposed to read it. it there's, re, there's meaning behind it, especially you'll see this. But this was the, the Old Testament reading from yesterday. If you uh, reading through the Bible in two years, we're in Numbers. Uh, yesterday was Numbers 2, beginning with verse 1. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, The people of Israel shall camp each by his own standard with the banners of their house uh, their father's houses. They shall camp facing the tent of meeting on every side. Those to camp on the east side towards the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah by their companies, and the chief of the people of Judah's being Nation, the son of Amrabarab. The His company as listing being 74,600. Those to the camp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar. And the chief of the people of Issachar being Nathaniel. Nathaniel. The son of Zoar. His company shall be listed at 54,400. Then the tribe of Zebulun. The chief of the people of Zebulun being Eliab, the son of Helan. His company is listed at 57,400. All those listed by the camp of Judah and their companies were 186,400. You can get the gist. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's numbers. He's, he, but he's laying out an order. Every day, when the, the ark moved, when, the, when the, uh, the, the cloud moved, everybody pulled up camp and moved with it. But they didn't just, everybody go where they wanted to, and next week I want to be on the west side, and, t- and tomorrow I want to be over there, and, blah, 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 and, you, and they just did whatever they wanted. They had assignments. That's when, I, when he told me that, it, it, that the Lord spoke to him about assignments. I was like, isn't that interesting? They had a place to be. They were expected to be in a certain place at a certain time doing certain things. They all had expectations. They all had duties. I've seen uh, studies. I've seen uh, sermons on what, how, how it was laid out and why it was laid out that way. Part of it was because of protection. When they moved, if they were attacked from a certain area, they, could be, they would be protected by the certain kinds of fighters and blah, 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 blah. And the inside were the Levites carrying the ark and, the, and all, the, all the stuff that went with it. There's actually not in this one, but there's a whole nother description of what the Levites had to do to move the ark. Some of them carried poles, and some of them carried the, the curtains. Some of them carried this, and some of them did this, and some, you know, carried all the other stuff. But it, it, he laid it out very orderly because in the kingdom of God, things are orderly. It makes you think about an army. And that's where Monday morning, when I heard those words, everything is moving. 
I didn't know what it meant at first, uh, but within an hour, it became very evident, and from then, it was, it was very evident. That first morning, Monday morning, um, I have to uh, apologize to my staff, I was a little, little owly on Monday morning, and the reason was everything was moving. And the best way I can describe it after thinking about it through the week was how many of you have ever been on a hayride? Ever been on a hayride? And uh, the guy who's driving the tractor or the pickup or whatever, what is the, the last thing he, he says before he takes off? Hang on, yeah, hang on, or sit down, you know, sit down. You know, there's always that teenage guy who's got to be cool and he's going to surf the hayride. And I, you know, for, for those of you who have done that, you know, been there, you know who you're talking. Either you know somebody or you are that guy. I was that guy. The, the tractor operator says, everybody sit down. And I'm thinking, what a, how bad can it be, you know? Well, you know, the old Farmall tractor didn't really, only had one speed on, you know, and when they hit it, it just, it, the whole thing lurched. And when it lurched, it was just like everything's, you know, and you're trying, you know, as cool as you think you are, when you fall down in the hay in front of the girl you're trying to impress, it isn't cool. I don't care what you think. It just isn't. So, but it's, it's moving and the, the ground underneath you is moving. The other thought I had, have you ever been in those, those they've been at the, the county fair and they have the hall of mirrors and the last thing you do is you come out and the stairs are moving this way and you just try to step on them and you're turning your, everything is moving. And uh, when things move, you got to have your feet under you. If you don't, you're gonna, you won't have your feet. You'll have your, the rest of you under you. You'll just be down. <laughs> Hang on. It's moving. Moving isn't a bad thing. Moving is good. Moving is good. We're moving. This is moving. I thought we were moving for the last two years because things have really moved, haven't they? Praise God. Things have really moved. Two years ago, we started raising money to, to build the addition. The goal was to reach 200,000. And when, 200, when we re- reached 200,000, we were going to start to build. So as officially this week, we can start building the addition. Because I know, if you saw the bulletin or you saw in the bathroom, we're at 207,000. We just went over 200,000. So everybody stand up. we got to give a cheer. because Stand up. There we go. Yeah! Glory to God. Thank you. So $207,000. Two years ago, I was like, I don't want to do this. Why would anybody give to this project? I don't, because they're led by the Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For everybody who's given, everybody who's prayed, for everybody who's done any part, thank you. It's amazing. And I was thinking this week, uh, you know, there's been big gifts come in, big, large chunks of money. And that's awesome. That's really cool. But you know the person I still remember? is the, the young boy who gave 10 cents. Came up and says, I want to give this, and gave 10 cents. That's just, that's the kingdom of God. Everybody doing their part. That is so beautiful. Thank you. This is this con- You guys bless me so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say it enough. Just really, really cool. So now we can start. And uh, well, what we're doing is, the, the building is to the point now, because we had this extra, this money, this next chunk come in, we're going to keep moving. Um, it's going to, we're going to start getting the, the poly up and start uh, sheetrocking the inside. Now that we're they're starting the sheetrocking, we're not far now. It's very close. That's why this had to start happening is, um, we have, we're going to be replacing the floor. All the carpet's going to go. 
in a couple of weeks, and you'll hear some announcements about that. But uh, the carpet's going to go, and then we're going to put down epoxy floors. And the epoxy means that we never have to carpet shampoo ever again as long as I live. We will not be doing that. And it's just amazing. It's wonderful. Um, But everything has to change. So as long as we had to do that, uh, we needed to um, tear out the stage because we're going to redo the stage. Because, and I didn't share a whole lot about this, um, over the last 16 years that I've been the senior pastor here, We've, we've grown and then we've shrank. We've grown and we've shrank. One of the reasons, this sounds very, uh, secular, sounds very, uh, uh, utilitarian, but there's a, there's a, uh, a formula, there's a, a, a number, and it's 70 to 80 percent. When the number of chairs in the room are filled to 70 or 80 percent, you either have, a church must go to two services or it's going to shrink. Well, we've done that four times. We've, we've come up to that 70, 80% and it's been great. Everything's excited. And we've, we've talked about going to two services. We tried it once. It didn't go very well. But, uh, and then, and then we didn't do it because we're, we were afraid of change. We didn't want to try, you know, it's, it's, nobody likes to go to two services. Everybody likes to see their friends. Well, then we would shrink back. And then we would get up to that number again. Okay. We should talk about two services. No, we're not doing two. Then we'd back up. So we've done that for, this is the fourth time that we've reached that number again. I was like, that's it. We're not doing that again. We will go to two services. And then the staff, as we were discussing it, said, well, what if we could get more chairs in here? And through that, then Peter had the idea of changing the way the outlet, uh, the, the, the room lays out. And so what we're actually doing is there's going to be a different stage up here. And the stage is going to go from that where the old pillar was. It's going to be round out to about here. And then it'll be round over to there. Well, doing that, we can get 50 more chairs in here. So we can increase the room size, the room availability. Plus, you know, with everything out, it's like, wow, this is a lot of room. Even with banquets and stuff, we're going to have more room for tables. We're going to have, this is an awesome idea. You know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. It's amazing. You know, wonderful. God, God led ideas. It's very good. So, but in that, it's change. And it feels like, ooh, you know, this is, the things are different. I didn't, you know, this, I've been this, been in the same, uh, configuration for the last, uh, uh, 20 years and this feels different. This feels weird. Well, as it moves, as the, the kingdom moved, as an army moves, as the children of Israel moved, it changed. And people had to change with it. And they have assignments to move them in that direction. And so um, as we go through this, as we talk about change and growth and assignments, um, there is, there, in the kingdom of God, there is order. God has a way to keep things in order. And I've been meditating a lot about that since um, Monday. Is, is This is like an army is moving. And it's one thing, when people think of an army moving, they think of the front line where all the weapons are and where all the battle happens. And that's important. That, that is very important. But do you know that that army can't fight for very long if they don't have supply lines? If they don't have an infrastructure, if they don't have somebody... Uh, bringing the supplies up, bringing the ammunition, bringing the food, dealing with water. You know, just, I mean, if you stop and think about trying to move 10,000 men across uh, a desert, how many gallons of water do you have to bring with them? Because there's no water out. Just a small detail that's kind of important. You know, the Germans lost, uh, they say the Germans lost World War II for a number of different reasons. Well, one of them is they ran out of fuel. 
They couldn't keep the front lines supplied with fuel, which means the, the equipment started breaking down. Well, you can't move if you can't, you don't have the fuel. So just having the infrastructure built in that, that uh, meets the needs of the army as it moves. You know, one of the things when when we started talking about planting churches, and we have we have four churches, as I said before, this one, uh, St. Croix Falls, Prescott, and Grandy. And just so you know, within the next two weeks, there will be five. That's all I can tell you right now. That's all I can say right now, is within the next two weeks, there will be five churches. Um, that's what we're praying about this morning, just so you know. And we'll, more details will be coming. Uh, we'll share it, but in, in time. It has to happen in time. But there's going to be five churches. Well, with there being five churches, Tuesday for me was pretty much going, oh Lord, I, I prayed a lot that day. When I knew this was starting to happen, it's like, okay. Because you don't just say, hey, we got five churches and good luck. No, you have to supply for that. You have to, you have to take care of that. You have to, they're people. It is, and this church already exists. They're becoming a part of us officially. And so there's already a church that exists and there's already a congregation and you'll be, in, you'll be meeting them at some point in time in the, in the near future. Awesome, awesome people. But as this happens, we need to take care of people. We need to have time. We need to have resources. We need to have uh, opportunities, ministry. We need to think through all of the details because to have five churches, well, woo, great. But if, you, if that church doesn't survive or this church doesn't survive, then we didn't do it right. It wasn't. Somebody said years ago, if we're doing all this outreach, what about us? That's a great question, you know. And it's I get both sides of that. It's it's you know, uh, well, what about us? So you know, shouldn't we be important? Yes, we are important. You must be taken care of. But also, this church is is very mature. It's it's very advanced in its spiritual walk. You can handle more. We can handle more than some congregations can. And so with that, we're stronger. We can do that. We need to be the ones helping. And, and like he was saying, assignments to bring our support. Every one of us has gifts and talents. But to do that, we need to, we need to uh, have people in the right place doing the right things. Well, one of the, the right place, the right things, the Bible already takes care of it. It tells you what to do. Uh, it gives you uh, the, the, the blueprint of how to take care of people. And as we move forward, we need to implement that into us. And uh, one of the things that we're going to implement is elders. We've had, uh, in the past, before I was ever here, there were elders. And then the elders board was dissolved. It, do, it no longer existed before I got here. When I got here, there was just the pastoral staff, which in some places, that is the elder board. I mean, that's just kind of the way it works. But the elder board in most churches, when you talk about having elders, what, they, what people immediately think of is, well, they're the ones who just make all the decisions. They call the shots. They say they hire people. They fire people. They, they hire the pastor. They tell the pastor what to preach. They, uh, they hire the children's ministry. They give the curriculum. Somebody oversees the curriculum and so on and so forth. That really isn't what an elder is supposed to be. In many churches over the last 2,000 years, the people who were put into power, put into authority, it went to their head and they started taking authority. And they started using that authority to govern and not to do what they were supposed to do. And so yeah, that's why people have stayed in our kind of churches, have not had elders, is because, well, wait a second, that can get weird real quick. And it can, unless people understand what it really is. Turn with me to Titus chapter 1. 
Paul is writing to Titus, and he's telling him, giving him orders, telling him what to do. And he's Paul needed help. He had been going through uh, or Europe, Asia, Eurasia, there that that part, and establishing churches. But he couldn't be the guy all the time. As as the next church started, as the next congregation grew, he could be there for a while. He could be the guy at the moment, but he couldn't be the guy forever. We have to understand, we can't be the guy forever. You know, and I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I said that people, some people have asked, you know, am I leaving? Well, yeah, eventually, someday, in the next 25 years, I'm leaving. And in that, there should be an infrastructure set up that it, nobody even notices. They go, whatever happened to that old guy? You know, that, he was a nice guy, great preaching, but, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. What happened to him? No, because the body is functioning so strongly, every joint supplying that people are just doing what they're supposed to do. They're moving forward. It isn't dependent on one guy. If, if you know, and I always use this example because I don't want to talk about dying. If, if a whirlwind of fire and a chariot from heaven drops down right now, takes me away to be brought down later at a different time, well, then this congregation shouldn't even sputter. It should just, next week, it just keeps going. Well, how do you do that? You build an infrastructure. You build, you build a, a platform or you build a thing. Well, the Bible already gives us the blueprint, and that is elders. And so uh, Titus chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, says, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife... And his children are believers, not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he might be, may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So he's talking about elders. Some translations say elders, some say overseers, some say whatever. But for our purposes, biblically, when you say elder, people understand what that means. They have, they have a pretty good idea what an elder is. An elder is somebody who helps they, they come in and they, they're another leader that people can look to. You know, if, if you need prayer, and that we need prayer. There's times when we need prayer. And when you need prayer, you, there's all kinds of people you can go to. You could come to me. That's fine, I'll pray for you. But if there's more people who can pray, you can have more done quicker. And it doesn't tax people. So have, you know, Moses found that out. He was trying to lead the people across the, the desert. Uh, he was trying, he would sit down every day and he'd listen to everybody's problems. But it would be from morning until night, morning until night, morning until night. Well, his father-in-law came, came along and he says, you know, Moses, what are you doing? It's going to kill you. You can't do this. You need to have other people who can do some of this stuff so that when they, when they do it, you're not having to do it. It frees you up. You just take care of the problems that are the big ones, the ones that, and it's not about, you know, Moses, you're more important. No, God, God just said, this is what you need to do, Moses. You need to get other people to do what they need to do because they're smart people. They're anointed people. They're, they're gifted people. Why not use those gifts and talents to do what he's called you to do? So Moses put in elders at that time. And so um, 
in churches over the last, I'll say 2,000 years, elders became, became the governing, leading uh, power within a church. They were never supposed to be. That isn't what an elder is about. Biblical elders are servants. Biblical elders. A pastor. I'm a pastor, okay? I'm the pastor of this church. But the reason I'm a pastor is not because I'm smarter than all of you. And God knew I was smarter than all of you, and so that's why he put me in charge. Now, there are a whole bunch of people who know me that know that, ain't, that is not true, okay? It's just obvious. My wife is smarter than me. Praise God for my wife, because that makes me, she makes me look really smart. You know, I make a decision, and my, and my wife goes, you do not want to do that. <laughs> why not? Well, do you know that if you make that decision, this is going to happen? Uh, woo, no, I never saw that before. I'm going to do, I'm, that's really, really smart. Or, or I'll say, what do you know? I'm going to do it anyway, and then I look really, really dumb. I mean, it works both ways, you know. But it's good to have smarter people around you. Praise God for Pastor Greg who understands the computer stuff and the information stuff and the, and the websites. And I mean, no, here's the thing. He says he doesn't know anything. Have you ever been on our website and on our, on our Facebook and all, all the information that's out there? He's always like, I don't know anything. Yes, you, okay, you know more than me. Hello. It'd be, if I had to do it, it wouldn't get done. Praise God for him. Pastor Karen with the children. Praise God for Pastor Karen with the children. Thank you, Jesus. Let's have a stand, let's stand and cheer. No, I'm good. But praise God there's somebody who's anointed and understands because I don't think that way. They, but the first thing I ever did in a church ever, after coming back to the Lord, they put me in charge of the third grade class at a Baptist church. I don't think any of them ended up in prison. I'm pretty sure that none of them are really... But, I mean, what were they thinking? Putting me... You know, it, about the fourth week, the, the, the uh, deacon or the guy that was over the, the children's uh, Sunday school class came in and he goes, John, John, you, you know they have coloring books, right? It's like, coloring books? I would stand up and preach to them for an hour. <laughs> You know we do crafts. I was like, crafts? Really? We're gonna do we're not doing crafts. No. They finally had to replace me. They realized I was not the man for that job, okay? I was a warm body for a moment, but I wasn't the guy for the long term. But you gotta have people who are anointed to do the things that they're doing. Elders are so are, are to be servants. Go to Mark. Mark chapter 10, this is the last, and I'm not going to read all of this either. I, I could, but I'm not going to. I'll just kind of skim it and then read the important parts. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 35. Here's what an elder is supposed to be. Well, it, it happens in the middle of a, of a really awkward moment. You know, you've got 12 disciples. They're traveling with Jesus. Uh, Jesus doing miracles. People can see people are coming from all over. Some estimates were saying, you know, if, if you figure the, the feeding of the 5,000, it says there were 5,000 men. And where there's men, there's women. And where there's men and women, there's children. So there, there's some estimates that say that about 10 to 20,000 people were walking with Jesus uh, from place to place, watching the miracles, be, you know, seeing all the stuff, hearing the preaching. I mean, huge crowds were taken. The, the crowds were so huge that the that the Pharisees were ticked. They were mad because they're they're taking 
their people. And, but he was pre- preaching too. So, you know, you see that you're the inner 12 and uh, you're walking with the master and, and they see this movement happening. And what do they start to do? It says uh, in Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 35, it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, uh, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, Well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, grant us to sit at one at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. Wow. Just a little thing. You know, tell you what, we want to sit on two thrones. You know, another version of this when it's told, it was John and, and James's mother who came up and said, we, we, I want you to put my son on one son on one throne next to you and the one son on the other side on the other side you know because they were the closest ones to jesus i mean that's the they were the inner inner circle of course that's where those chairs belong to and jesus you know it says in here that they, they got ticked the rest of the disciples were ticked well they should verse 37 uh, they said grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory jesus said to them you do not know what you are asking are you able to drink the cup that i drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. Well, they had no idea what he's talking about. They had no clue what he was talking about. They, they thought this was all about, we're getting thrones and crowns and people, and we're going to get servants, and we're going to get all these people leading on. You know, we're going to get to lead all these people, and we're going to be the grand poobahs of this new kingdom. And he says, you have no idea what's about to happen. You don't get it. It's, it's not what you think. And they said, we are able Oh, absolutely. Do you remember who was at his right and left at his death? Two thieves. They they died at his right and left at the cross. Where were James and John when Jesus was... He was like, ah, we're out of here. We're gone. Skip this. That's nuts. Oh my gosh. They hid out for days thinking they were next. They weren't ready to drink anything. Verse 39, it says, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I, will, that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism that I am baptized, you will be baptized. And they did. They, they suffered for their faith. But it was after they understood what was going on. 40, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Well, I should hope so. And James called them, or I'm sorry, and Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The servant, or the the greatest in the kingdom of God, it's the exact opposite of what everybody thinks. The greatest in the kingdom of God is the one who serves everybody. Jesus served us. He laid down his life. He died on the cross. He did everything. He gave everything he had for us to not be judged for our sin. Glory to God. He, he deserves to be the name above all names because he took the lowest role. Anytime you're a leader, 
If it starts going to your head, two things will happen. Either one, God is going to deal with that. And he's good at that. It's amazing how good he is at that. Most times when I, when, somebody, when, I, when I preach and somebody will come up and go, that was a really good sermon. They have no idea how hard it was to even get up that morning to talk because you know who you are. I'm nothing. I'm literally nothing. I can't do this. I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not smart. I'm not wise. When I, you know, I start talk, talking about planting or having 24 churches in, eight, in uh, 10 years, it's like, that is so far beyond me. They're going to find out. They're going to find out I'm a, I'm a failure. It's going to be revealed openly. You know, that's what I'm thinking. That's, that's the temptation there is. But the reality is, is, it's not me. All I have to do is be obedient. I be obedient to my master. I just I keep saying it. I keep saying it. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep raising money. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep doing it. Another church is going to plant. How are we going to take it? I don't know, but we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep moving forward. And as we do that, he gets the glory for it. It has nothing to do with me. At the end, it's going to be like glory to God. The $207,000 had nothing to do with me. I didn't want to do it. That's God. He gets the glory for it. And when you, when you put yourself in that position, you can do anything. When you are willing to lower yourself and to let, let you, you be the doormat, God will lift you up. His word says you humble yourself and he will lift you up in due season. So we're going to put elders into place. We've, we've been working with them. We've been working with a, a group of people. And uh, um, this first this first uh, initial round of elders will be a small group of three elders, three three elder couples, and uh, but they won't be elders for life. There's term limit. There's limits. Why? Because they need a break. Other people need to be trained up to do it and to be elders. Because you know you'll be elders here, and then if at some point in time God leads you to be in another church, you'll go in and you'll know how to eld. You'll know how to serve. You'll know how to minister. You'll know how to, how to help. But somebody else needs to be ready to, to come in and take over that place. So it's going to grow. We're going to set up uh, this, this group of, of three elders, uh, couples, and then um, over time, they will bring in somebody to work, start working with them and help them do what they do, training them so that when they move out, there's somebody who knows exactly how to do it. And so those elders, these elders, and it's going to grow organically. We don't have everything figured out yet. We have a good idea. We've, we've talked about it. We've looked at Scripture. What does an elder do? An elder, they're never going to vote on anything, just so you know. They don't, they're not going to vote on what color the wall is. So you know, they're, not going to, they're not going to decide, you know, uh, uh, they're not going to, they're, they're not, that isn't what this is about. They're here to serve. And here's what they do. Here's, here's what an elder does. They pray for the sick. They visit the shut-in. Officially, we're all supposed to do that. But then if something's going on and somebody's going to the hospital and I can't do it, I can't do it, one of the staff, you know, then, hey, praise God, we have three, these other people who can go do that. They could pray for the sick. They could visit a shut-in. They could, they could follow up on somebody that needs help. And it's just more people having the authority, and that's part of it, is they do have authority. But the authority is spiritual authority, not governmental over the, you know, pushing down, I'm in charge of you authority. It's, they have the, they have the right to go pray for somebody. And to go, somebody goes, you know, I I need prayer. And that one of the elders shows up and, well, I thought Pastor John was coming. Well, the person who's supposed to, though, they have the authority, same authority I have to pray for them. 
They're elders. That's what Paul did as he, he established that group within a church so that they could take care of each other at a higher level. Doesn't mean that I don't care anymore. Doesn't mean that I don't think you're important. I love you guys. You know I love, I love you so much. I need elders to help me love you more because I just don't have the ability to do it. And, and as we grow, part of the reason that churches don't grow is they, there are people who are falling through the cracks all the time and they're not taken care of. They're not helped. Okay, so praying for the sick, visiting the shut-ins, counseling on on a on a on a initial basis. We have counselors within the church. We have Kathy Demar, who is a trained counselor, biblical counselor. We have John Logan, who is a trained biblical counselor, and they will take you know when when you start talking to somebody, and, and if you've ever counseled with me, and you know if you've ever talked, and I'll listen, you know I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll counsel with you for once, because at the end I'm going ah this is out of my league. It's not what I do. It's not what I'm gifted at. We have people who can take the, a, a longer protracted counseling and they're very, 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 very good at what they do. And that, this doesn't replace them. But they can't see everybody. And especially as we grow, as we grow, especially as we grow and there's people that are getting saved and they come in with all kinds of baggage, all kinds of things, they need somebody to talk to. Well, there can be that group of people who talk with them, get find out, hey, here's some scripture, and all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, that's easy, that's an easy one. We can, you know, praise God, we're we're set free, moving forward. But then, if it's protracted, goes longer. Well, no, we need help. We need somebody who's got more of that ability than I do. We do. Okay, these people can do that. They can do that initial uh, discussion counseling. They can lead small groups. They can teach. They can. There's. There's the elder is, you know, as we, if you read through the description of an elder, what they need to do, they need to be able to teach, they need to be able to train, they can lead small groups, they can, they can gather people together. And they're helpers of the shepherd, where they're just making sure people are, are you okay? Are you, hey, haven't seen you, haven't seen you in two weeks, is everybody, no, the kids were sick, whatever. Hey, well, I'm praying for it. Just, it's a touch point that people are not falling through the cracks, Caring for people, making sure that that and will people follow the correct? Yes, because there's some people who won't call no matter what they do. You know, they won't they won't let you know. But as we move forward, at least we have the tools to to, to get to to take care of people as we move forward. So we read what the the uh, um, qualifications were, what they were supposed to be like. These are the couples that we're going to be, um, and it won't be today. I'm just, we're just recognizing the day because I didn't tell them I was going to share their names and they would have worn different shirts, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to be praying for them and, and, and actually installing them as elders in a later date. But this, these are the three couples. Can they, when, I, when I read your name, please stand up. Roger and Pam Lamb. If you guys could stand up. Just go ahead and keep standing. Uh, go, yeah, keep standing. Yeah, yeah, just about got down, didn't you? Just keep standing. Uh, Wayne and Patty Bradall. And Tom and Carla Heitman. Now, here's the deal. There are many couples here who could do this, and who should do this, and who will do this over time. 
this is where we need to start. We, we needed to start with a small group. I prayed about it. Who, who should we ask? Who should we talk to? And they said yes. And we, we started going through this weeks or months ago now. Started meeting and, and talking about what an elder is, what an elder does, what so on and so forth. We've talked a bit about how we're going to do it, but it's still going to have to grow organically. Um, you know, there's we'll, we'll, more information will be coming out and so on and so forth. But I want to just real quick just pray for these guys right now and 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 uh, I wanted to recognize them and uh, oh then I'm sorry because I got past my notes I quit looking at my notes also Jim uh, Reverend Jim and uh, uh, Linda Hoffman if you guys can stand now there's a reason that I'm singling them out separately, is they are the elders of the elders. They are going to be working with the elders. Jim has been, been an integral part of teaching, talking about what an elder does. He's led elders in the past. He's, he's helped teach and, and prepare elders. Linda is a prayer warrior, be, you know, bar none. I mean, just phenomenal. And, and they're going to be, because there's going to be times when I can't, if they come with a question, I don't have, I, there's many times I don't have time to, to go, well, I need to sit down and stop. But they can always call Jim and Linda. They can, and they've, he's, they've been, he's been a pastor for years and years and years and years and years. He can, he can take care of 99.9% of it. Uh, and then the other one percent, you know, the other point, whatever percent is Linda. Linda can take care of that, that percentage. <laughs> but they, they are the elders of the elders. Now, does that mean who's in charge of what? No, none of that. It's, it is about, they're going to be available for ministry. They're going to be available to help, to teach, to train, to, to pray for you, to stand with you. When your child is born, you call somebody, and we'll, that's what part of what we have to figure out. You call somebody, they'll know about it. And either they or we or somebody will be, you know, will be there to pray with you, to encourage you, whatever. Um, it's just, it's, it's another layer of help, of, of ministry. Um, it's not a power thing. Let's pray for them right now. Father, thank you for these couples, these servants of all. Father, I thank you that even as they, st they step into this role now, and, and w as we slowly step into these roles, Father, I pray for mercy and grace for them. Because it's not easy being the servant of all. It's not easy serving. Uh, pray for them for, for to know what to do and what not to do. Know what they can handle, what know what they can't. For them to hear your voice on a daily basis. For them to be, be uh, wise wise and, and, and full of truth, full of hope, full of, minister, full of your spirit to minister to this body. Thank you for these gifts, Father, for the body of Christ. And so, Father, as we move forward and as this, this army is moving, uh, I thank you that we have more helpers, more, more hands to make the work light. And we praise you and we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So as we go through the rest of this, you know, as we go forward from here, be praying for them because they're going to need wisdom. They're going to need to know, you know, things will come up. They'll need to deal with things and so on. But they've got it. Why, why do they have it? Because they're, they're, they, they're filled with the Spirit. They, they know. They know God. That's why they can, they can do this. All right. So that is the, uh, the, the next level of movement, the next level of stuff going on. And I think that's enough for one week. So, uh, so next week, when we, uh, when we come back next week, there will actually be a stage that the worship team will be up on. It'll be, it'll be plywood. 
Uh, it'll be, but it, and it will be rough, but it will be a stage. And so everything will be, and how many want to keep this the way it is though? I mean, even though we have a stage, one Simeon, two, three, four. <laughs> Some of you are going, I'll raise my hand because it ain't going to happen. And at least I look like I was supporting you, pastor. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'll leave. 